Hello, welcome to the Motherhood Village podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child, but most importantly, it takes a village to uplift a mother. Consider this podcast as part of your motherhood village. Each week, I'll speak with a different guest, different expert on different parenting strategies, self-care tips, different ways that we can self-regulate ourselves. We're the moms. We are the nucleus of the families. And if we're good, then everyone else is good. So tune in each week to the Motherhood Village podcast. Hello and welcome to the Motherhood Village podcast. I am on with a very special guest. I have Mrs. Amber Trueblood, who is an author, speaker, podcaster, family and marriage therapist, parenting expert, and coach to overwhelmed and super flustered moms. She is also a mom to four very busy boys that are in a band together and has learned how to create a sense of calm and thrive in the chaos. I love that. Welcome, Amber. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. And and it's not always calm, right? It's not always calm and flourishing. It's it goes up and down, but more and more so it becomes that Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Okay, before we get started, what is your favorite book or one that you would like to recommend? Okay. Well, I am obsessed with books. So this is a particularly mean oh. question, <laughs> I just want to say, because Every five minutes I'll have a different book that will come to mind. So I'm going to say most recently the book that I've read most often uh, would be Furiously Happy, mm. and it's a memoir, and it's funny. It's kind of dark funny a little bit um, because she has severe anxiety, okay. and but she deals with it um, in an interesting way. And for me, the book makes me like cry laugh, like laugh so hard that I just literally like can't breathe. And so that's 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 the book I recommend. It's by Jenny awesome. Lawson. Have you recently read Lessons in Chemistry? I know that's a new one that people have, but I yes. liked it. I just finished reading yeah. it. Very good book. I didn't know what to expect, but very good book. Um, yeah. Go ahead. It yes. was interesting. I could talk yeah. about that for an hour. But <laughs> um, <laughs> who and what has been a part of your motherhood journey? Who and what? And motherhood oh village, I should say. I say like, who and what has been a part of your motherhood village through your. Oh, yes, that yes, makes yes, more yes. sense. I was like, how yes, do I yes. this? Okay. Um, so my village, I feel incredibly grateful um, that about five, four years ago, we moved to San, the San Diego area. Mm-hmm. And the, my two, two of my closest friends in the world – I go, I met once I moved here and they live like right next to me and right across the street from me. And they are a big part of my motherhood village right now. Which I think is so important, um, whether friends, family, which is why I say who and what, because I think we have this idea of what a village is, but it could look like many different things, could look like many different things in the season that you're in. Um, And I want moms to always remember that because I think we could get stuck seeing other people's idea of it. And it's like, you know, look at what you have. May I ask the ages of your boys? I know you said they're in a band. How old they are? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they are ten right now, and I always like have to look up and to the right to think of how old everybody is right now. They're 10, 12, 14, and 15 years old, and they're all boys. Ooh, so you are truly in the thick of it, the teens, tweens, right there. Okay. All right. So I know. Th- well, and this yes. week with school ending, this last oh. week of school is like particularly bonkers. Like 
like I like to function with a lot of chaos. I like I like a lot of things going on. I mean, this is why I've created this, sure. this world, like being an entrepreneur with four <laughs> kids and writing books. And I, I like it. Part of me really. And yeah. we'll talk about that when we get into anxiety styles because that's my anxiety style. It's also where I flourish. And sometimes it doesn't serve me, right? But because of that, when when things like amp up even more, I'm so close to my limit already because I like to function at that at that capacity, that it's very easy to be like, oh, that's one thing too I many. I completely, completely understand. Okay. Now, you have a lot of different roles that you play. I just read your very kind of high-level bio. Um, how have you learned to create, let's start with that aspect. How have you learned to create that sense of calm? And I'll put that in quotes. Um, and how have you thrived within the noise as a mom? author, business owner, and all the different roles? And then what are the ways that you release, reset, and recharge? And maybe that's all kind of connected with how you create a sense of calm. But why don't we start with that yeah. first before we dive into everything else? Okay, great. Well, to me, the first step is knowing and trusting yourself because we're all different. We all have different ways that we that we thrive, that we feel alive and like lit up from the inside. We all have different ways that we refuel ourselves, and we all have different ways that we that our symptoms show up when things are not working well, when we're overwhelmed. And because of that, like what's going to help us is different as well. So the first step that I'll just say both for myself and for others is really like being true to yourself and trusting yourself because what stresses you out might not stress out your best friend or your mother-in-law or your partner, right? And so then you start to self-judge, like, why am I freaking out about this? So for me personally and what I teach and, and in my communities is really about, like, you know yourself best. And that's the first step is being really clear, like, I'm raising the white flag. I can't handle this. It's too much for me right now. And then you give yourself permission to get the help you need. But for me, it's starting with first like really self-honesty and self-kindness to say, yeah, I'm, I'm really struggling right now. I could use some support. And then the next step is what kind of support right now would be most helpful? Do I need a break? Sure. Do I need a project? Mm -hmm. Do I need, you know, a, somebody to talk to? Do I need to scream and yell? You know, what what is it that would be most helpful to my emotional well-being right now? And then how can I do that? And and I know we're going to get into the book, but that's what the book is all about for me is really helping women find the tools that are going to work for them at this point in the li their lives and given what's most important to them, like kind of what drives them in their core so that they can not like, it's the worst thing I think too, not the worst thing, but you know, when somebody will suggest what's been working great for them and you're so happy that it's, you know, helping them feel healthy physically sure. or helping them be more connected to their partner or helping them find friendships in their forties, which is, you know, can be really struggling. I, I know a lot of women that are like, I feel really isolated. Like, you know, I don't have somebody I can connect with and just share freely and openly and feel supported and feel loved, like regardless, not judged. And so regardless of what it is, um, I think that the more that you're, you know, the more that you're honest with yourself, then the more likely you're going to, oh, I was saying, if they suggest sure. something to you and you try it and you're like, uh, that didn't work at all. <laughs> so, you know, I don't want you, I want you to try new things, but I also want you to listen to your gut about it and say, 
Yeah, I don't think that's going to work. And learning how to say no. It all goes down to boundaries and what you need. I love that because some people thrive in the chaos. There are times where I need to work. I love to work. Actually, working on my business gives me the sense of calm because it's very mission-based. It's my own. Um, And I think more people need to understand that. What do you do to, what do you specifically do to do though to release, reset, recharge? And I always make sure to say not the self-care word because I think it really is finding things that help us release, to reset, to recharge. What do you specifically do for that? So right now I'm doing, because I like to change it up every few months. <laughs> so right now I am doing um, choreo hip-hop nice. dance classes that are so much fun, so mm. much fun. Um, it also happens to be a sneaky way of giving myself a lot of exercise. Like I move in a way that I would not move if I was doing anything else. Like, but you put on that song, you press that. I could be like dying on the floor, barely able to breathe. And they, they're like, one more time. And I jump up and I do it full out. Like, I can't help myself. It's sure. so fun for me. And so that's one of the things I'm doing. Um, I also regularly uh, take walks with friends. And, you know, even if you don't have a lot, even if I, sh- I should say, I don't have a lot of time, I might say, hey, you know, I have time yeah. for a very quick walk. How's that work? You know? And I do a lot of impromptu. Um, oh, I almost said the S word. Oh. Uh, I do a lot of impromptu, uh, you know, walks, things like that. So walking, dancing, and meditation, I would say, are my three ways that I release and reset. I love that. Okay, let's jump into it. So studies show that distractions and expectations, and I think that's such a strong word because whether inherently or what we compare on social media or that's just placed upon us of modern motherhood have led to an addiction. Um, and I and I find that such an interesting choice of words because it makes sense to an overwhelmed psychological state. What does that mean? What do, mm-hmm. what can mothers do about it? Um, and I'm sure these are some, of, again, things that we talk, that you'll talk in your book and we'll talk about as well. Um, and how can, and maybe this is in your book, but what do we do to alleviate them? Are there tips and strategies? Why don't we talk about that? Because I have a feeling that's that comes up a lot. And I don't have a feeling that comes up a lot in my support groups. I run three in-person support groups in the evenings um, geared towards mm-hmm. working moms. Sometimes I lead the group. Sometimes we have speakers. Sometimes we have licensed mental health counselors. And that concept of the overwhelmed um, the distractions, yeah. expectations comes up a lot. So why don't we dive into that right now? Great. Yeah. I mean, and when I use the word addiction to say, you know, it becomes something that we we feel compelled to do, like we're on this kind of roller coaster that's just keeps happening and we're doing more and more and more. And we seldom have or take the time to kind of sit back kind of from, you know, 40, you know, 40 paces away and say, how am I spending my time? How am I spending my energy? How am I spending what's going on in my head? What am I thinking about all the time? So, and, and is that aligned with what's most important to me? So for me, the word overwhelm is not the number of items on Mm -hmm. your to-do list, right? It's not the uh, number of responsibilities you have. It's not the number of children you have. It's not the uh, hours you work at work. It's How much is your time, your resources, your attention, and your energy aligned with what's important to you? If all of those things are really well aligned, if you're spending your time, your money, your energy, your energy, your money, how you're thinking, money, Um, (laughs) your money, money, energy, that's a thing. Uh, 
in ways that are really important to you, that fire you up and fuel you up, then you end the day with this sense of uh, accomplishment and, and joy. You might be tired, but it's this kind of like satiated, happy, fulfilled tired than this man, what did I even do today? I was doing stuff for everybody else and I got wrapped into, I, I agreed to this PTA group and I agreed to to manage this group at work, which I think is a total waste of time. I don't even believe in why we're doing that. It doesn't make sense to me. You know, if you're spending a bunch of time and your limited energy in ways that you don't see the value, it's not related directly to something that's really important to you, that's when overwhelm happens. And so to me, that's the first step is really checking in. And it's not all or nothing. It's not going to be like, oh, I'm going to wait for a point in my life where I can spend a whole weekend analyzing how I'm doing the things. You know, you can check in in little ways during the day. Look Look at your day and say, huh, can I add one thing to this day? So I'll often tell people who are overwhelmed, instead of... I mean, I have a lot of strategies with removing things from your to-do list, right? Yes. Delegating and deleting and and all of those things. But sometimes I will recommend to people, what can you add to your day-to-day or your week if today seems already squished that is something that's like an eight, nine, Mm -hmm. or 10 on your like, this fires me up, fuels me up. And it doesn't matter if nobody else in your life thinks that that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, it's for <laughs> right? you. It's for so, you. So like for yes. you, yeah, for you, it might be 30 minutes like working on a project, brainstorming the next steps. Like it might be going to a space where you give yourself full, full yeah. permission to dive into something new. And that's, and then you come home and you're like, oh my gosh, that's like that type of refueling has benefits over and beyond those 30 minutes that you're spending doing it. So, and that's what I I like to call true self-care versus surface self-care. And when it's really true, it means something that is going to expand you. It's going to, the benefits will kind of linger on and on. And all of a sudden making dinner for your family, if you don't love making dinner yeah. for your family, if that's not something that refuels you, if it's something that typically deple- depletes you, what you might find is that day, it's neutral. You're not like resentful. It's not making you angry or upset or irritated because you're still riding that high. Absolutely. That and I love how you reframe that because I have I love when I talk to guests and I've talked to other people who kind of help moms with overwhelm and everyone has such a different perspective, which goes to show like you could do the same thing that someone else does, but have a completely different take on it and help women in a completely different way. Um, so I love that aspect of it because I don't think I've heard it really put that way of being like, well, maybe you need to add something to your list. We're always talking about removing. And yes, maybe there are things we do. Like maybe you have, like there are days where I have too many speaking things or too many podcasts. And I'm like, whoa, I did a lot of like mental, like one-on-one and my brain was a little fried. So I'll have to re look at my calendar again for June and say, maybe I need to move things because having three or four, I don't know, back-to-back meetings just didn't align with me. So I'll do those self check-ins with that. But I love how you said sometimes we need to add and say, look, maybe you need to go to your spouse, your partner, whoever you have in your village and say, I need this time to do this because I know it's going to uplift me. It's going to empower me. It's going to re-energize yeah. me to then do the 
the other roles I have to do, right? The taking care of the other humans in my home, if we're taking care of our parents and all the other different roles that we play. So I love that and how you kind of frame that um, to put out there for the moms listening. So thank you for that. Now, can you talk to me about the five anxiety styles? I know you mentioned it briefly um, because- In talking to a lot of people on my podcast, I think, you know, I know for sure, I know anxiety is not a bad thing. We There's anxiety disorders, but anxiety in itself is a feeling and emotion that's something that's very normal. Sometimes it even helps us, right? Keeps us safe, allows us to be like, whoa, something's going on here. Um, but for those that don't know about it, why don't you speak about what they are, the different styles? How do we reduce triggers? Um, how, are there ways to lower our anxiety levels and help us argue with our partners? And, and people in our lives less <laughs> and our children, right? Because I think even yes. power struggles with our children and I'm sure you can attest to having older children, but even with my five-year-old, right? There's the power struggles and, and talking with him. So why don't we dive now into that aspect of it? Great. Yeah. So I wrote this book to help people kind of understand themselves a little bit better so that they can meet their own needs and take responsibility for their sure. own emotional health. And and meet their own needs more easily, right? Because we don't have a lot of extra time and energy to spend. <laughs> and so I'm all about what, how can we cut to the chase and make it a little bit simpler um, for women and so for moms especially. But this this really, the anxiety styles apply yeah. to anybody. So there are five anxiety styles and I'll name them and then I'll go into a little bit detail on each one. But we have the lover, the fighter, the executive, the visionary, and the dynamo. And each of these styles has different kind of core drivers, what's most important to them. Uh, Each of these has kind of contributing factors that from your childhood that might have contributed to this. Uh, Each of them has superhero traits. So like part of your anxiety style is that it's created these unique um, traits and qualities that you have that serve you, that are fantastic. And let's take a minute to celebrate Mm -hmm. those, to acknowledge those, because not everybody is good at what you're good at, right? And then where maybe is it not serving you anymore? Because maybe it did in the past, but you don't need to hold on so tightly now. So where is it maybe not serving you in your physical health, in your how well you're sleeping, in your relationship, in your parenting, or in your work? And then then we get to the strategies. Oh, okay, visionaries are going to need this kind of support. You know, dynamos might need this kind of support. What, what sounds great for a fighter would make a lover like nauseous and sure. sick to their stomach. So like how do we then, knowing your anxiety style, reach for the strategies that are going to serve you? And in the book, I break it down even further into in the moment strategies because sometimes you get, you know, you get that cortisol spike, you get that adrenaline spike because you just got a call from the kid's school or you just open an email about a, a meeting or, you know, a myriad of things, or you just scrolled on social media and read something disturbing and you have to walk into the next thing in your life and you're, you don't want to quite take that with you. So I break it down into, you know, if you have 30 minutes, which is not common, if you have 10 minutes or if you have 60 seconds, literally what can you do? So there's a lot of like neuro hike, neuro hacks and things like that in the book and then preventative strategies. Like, so depending on your anxiety style, What's something that would be would really serve you to do every morning? What's something that would really serve you to do once a week? What's something that would really serve an executive or a dynamo or a fighter 
once a year even. So I break it down further. So there's a lot of resources and that's why I kind of call it a resource guide as well. Cause a lot of moms, you know, don't have, they might like have intentions of reading the books or they might read, listen to the sure. audible, which it's on audible. So there's always that, but you can always just like open it up and be like, okay, what's this page say? And just take that sure. with you. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to go into those. If you want to like pick one and I can. Well, yeah. And does it tie to the start. super senses? Cause I, I know that's another thing that I I've heard you mention. And are, do they correlate with each other? And if they do maybe pick so one. They, they oh, don't. okay. So explain what this. Okay. So they don't super senses. is just a whole nother thing that I, um, that I use for strategies that, that can help people in the moment to, re- and, and also preventatively to reduce stress. And Love anxiety. it. So before we, I do pick one, I'm actually interested in the fighter anxiety, but, um, yeah, talk to me. I know you mentioned your book and it's called the unflustered mom. Um, since we have mentioned it, like what was the inspiration behind, or you've mentioned it and I know it's a big part of what you do. Um, yeah. and a lot of this is talked yes. about in the book. When will it be released? What was the inspiration behind creating it? Um, and then what are some of the things other than, as you said, that they could use it as a guide, some really tips and strategies that if you're like, oh, if I knew this back then, this is what I would have used it for, oh my for gosh. my mom's listening. Why don't you talk about the book in that way now? Yeah, definitely. So the book comes out June 6th. So it's probably going to be out already by the time Yay. everybody listens to this. Yes. Uh, so that's exciting. Yay. Uh, it's been about three years, three months in the making. Wow. Um, so March of 2020 was when kind of the initial download of the the framework arrived into my brain. <laughs> and it came from, you know, a time in the world where there was a lot of anxiety and there was a lot of fear and there was a lot of uh, people kind of uh, getting, you know, families kind of, you know, drifting apart, not drifting apart, but kind of a deep crevice happening, a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of hurt and you know, what I saw in that moment was, wow, you know, there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of anxiety. And the issue that I saw is it's coming from slightly different places, depending on your core drivers. And if, and we all mean, well, we all want to feel safe and loved in this world. And that's being, you know, threatened right now. And the issue that I saw is we're reacting to it differently. And because of that, I saw a loss of compassion, both for others and for ourselves. And because of that, I thought, well, what if people could understand their anxiety style? Would that help them have a little bit more self-care, you know, a little bit more self-love, um, a little bit, you know, giving themselves kind of permission and and let go of the guilt or shame, and also maybe have a little bit more understanding sure. for others. And in that, maybe we can meet our needs more effectively and we can communicate so that we can also meet the needs of the people we care about more effectively as well. So it's kind of like, have you heard of the five love languages? Right. So that's been around for decades and it's a way that some people understand, Oh, you, you like, you know, um, words of affirmation. That's how you receive love. So that's why you're always telling me how much you appreciate me and how much you care about me and how, you know, how nice I look and how, you know, how much you enjoy having me in your life. And I really appreciate acts of service, but you're not doing the acts of service. So 
I'm not even receiving all that love you're trying to give me and vice versa. We're both trying to speak in our language, but we're not receiving because we don't understand that. So this kind of the, the framework works the same way as then when you can understand what triggers your partner, you know, and versus what triggers you when you both understand that. Oh my gosh, that can help save you a lot of time. Of course. Um, I think education is a key to everything though, right? And, and any underlying thing. And the more we know about ourselves, the more we know about our partners, the more we know about all the things in the world and getting it, of course, credible resources and all the things. But the more we can understand, in my opinion, is just better. I think when you don't know, you don't know. And you only know what you do know. Um, so I think it just yeah. brings a different element. May I ask how you got into this work in general? You know, licensed mental health, you know, yeah. a, 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 I think a marriage therapist, right? Or yes, yes. So tell yes. me, how did you get into the work of all of this in general? Um, and what yeah. made you get into it? Yeah. So I think it's, you know, I think we all have kind of lenses that we see the world yeah. through. And so as long as I can remember, you know, as a teenager, I always wanted to be, uh, I thought I was going to be a clinical <laughs> psychologist or a therapist. I just, I love understanding why people do what they do, how we mm. think, what we, what our beliefs are. And that just always, always fascinated me. And then I have that kind of deep helper vibe as well, wanting to help people help themselves. And so the combination of that, you know, I, I kind of didn't ever veer off of that. Um, but the how changed, right? So I thought, oh, I'll be a therapist. I'll get my license and I'll do therapy. Like I'll have an mm -hmm. office. People will come in. They'll sit down. We'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they'll get better. And for me personally, with my personality and my approach, it was not a good fit. I got, I, to me, it was too slow. <laughs> it wasn't solution focused enough. It, um, I didn't see the results in the people's lives that I wanted them, mm -hmm. wanted for them. Um, and also, you know, I had four little ones at, at, you know, at home at the time. So just logistically and financially, it didn't make a lot of sense. So, um, so then it took several years to, to say, well, how can I impact more people more deeply? And, you know, what are other ways I could do that? Because I don't think this one-on-one -on -one therapy is yeah. it for me. That's not my, it's not my zone of genius. And the how needs to be different because I'm a dynamo, which we'll talk about, you know, I'm very achievement and impact oriented. And so the one-on-one -on -one therapy was just not filling me up. It was just not firing yeah. me up like that. And because I'm, because I love books and I, that's how I like to learn is through books. I thought, oh my gosh, well, I'll just, I'll write books. And then I wrote my first book and I was like, oh, not everybody books. Yeah. Books. Like, <laughs> you read, read books, books and you learn that way. Yeah. So I was like, yes. oh, yes. You got to do podcasts and have a website and do online yes. classes yes. and do workshops and retreats. Yes. And so then I spent the last like four years, you know, doing all of that, building all of that, making funnels and sequences yes. and affiliate links and all these things I had never yeah. heard of before. And it was a whole new world of, you know, health, mental health professionals and um, people who are out there, wellness professionals, online wellness professionals. It's a whole different, you know, gamut of work. Um, and so for me, books will always be a core part of that. And uh, because that's what fires I love me up. It. Um, 
And it's yeah. funny that you said that Did it's that so answer? true because my motherhood village started with a podcast just because I wanted to have conversations. But then from there, kind of steamrolled. I'm like, well, I guess I could do workshops. Well, maybe I'll do support groups, right? And then I realized, wait, what I'm really creating are a bunch of resources. And then comes the business aspect. Well, do you have a funnel for this? I'm like, well, no, what? And then it changes everything when you think of the business aspect. And I do want to talk to you about that because you are a very busy mom of four. You're a speaker, podcasting as well, obviously from one fellow podcaster to another, even if you have a team of people to edit and do the things, it's still timely, right? It's still something that you have to do. Um, Author, how have you, I guess, yeah, how have you with being a business owner, how has that kind of changed maybe your perspective and maybe you setting your boundaries with things? Um, Because obviously you can tell and hear the passion of what you love and, you know, being the author and and sharing this information. But I guess, yeah, how has things changed your perspectives, maybe your priorities? um, And now with being the business owner side of things, as well as being a mom, that's still in the thick of it. Because, I mean, you have a 10-year-old, so we're still talking, you know, all the things up until the high schooler. Is your oldest in high school already? Yeah. I would imagine so. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, So you kind of have that. So maybe talk a little bit about that of, I don't want to say balance, because again, people like, eh, the word, how do you juggle? What do you do? Right. Yeah. Harmony. Somebody said harmony. Yes. Yes. Talk to me about that quickly. Um, So, you know, learning what to say no to, checking in with my intuition. I mean, that's one of my personal, two (coughs) things I've been doing personally um, that help. One is, uh, checking in with myself and, and, and my gut a little bit more. Cause in my brain, that's what normally sure. takes over decisions for me. And so for me, uh, especially as a dynamo tuning in to, you know, quiet more toning, you know, receiving more instead of just completely having everything just go out, planning, doing, yes. thinking, organizing, yes. <laughs> strategizing, right. So just receiving and tuning in. So for instance, right before this book launch kind of started amping up, I had committed to two other, you know, fairly time-consuming things. One was a course I was taking as a student that was like a financially-based course, but it was um, it was very intensive emotionally as well. Like it was deep work financial stuff. And one was a, a nonprofit that I'm also a, a founder on um, for our first event. And both of those, I backed off from. I said, I told the course person, I said, Hey, can you cut me off of this course? And I'll join in October when you run it again. I'm just, I'm not able to give the amount of time and attention to it. And the other one, I asked my co-founder, I said, you know, I thought I'd be able to do this at the same time as the launch, but I'm not going to be able to, I'll still show, I'll be there and I'll speak, but I'm going to have to delegate everything else I was going to do to someone else. Now, both people were a hundred percent supportive and amazing and kind. And, you know, the other thing I think is when you do self-care like that, when you, when you really take care of yourself, I'll say, and you communicate that to other people in your life, you're giving them a gift too, because they're realizing, oh, maybe I need to give myself a little bit more permission to say no to some things. Um, because Amber just did it and I've been thinking about it and it might help them you know, push them over the edge to do it yes. as well. I love so that. So those those are two things that I did recently. Um, also being very good about communicating to the people in my life um, what I'm doing and what I'm excited about. 
because sometimes they don't they don't hear it um and women aren't necessarily very good at that we will they in our kids are Partners might even ask, hey, how'd that podcast go? You know, I'd say, oh, it was fine. So what's happening tonight? Okay, what, you know, and then you kind of downplay it. So I now make it an effort to say, oh my God, like I'm, I'm writing the proposal for my next book and I finished a big piece of it last night and I turned it to the editor. And I went and I had to repeat it a couple of times, but I said, hey, my, hey guys, like, oh my gosh, I just finished. I just submitted this. Like I've been working on this for months. Like I feel really excited about it. Like I did it and they'll be like, oh my gosh, mom, congratulations. Yeah. But unless you kind of model that and give people an opportunity to support you and show them with the energy that you would like them to respond with. So if you're like, oh yeah, I would just turn that in, da, da, da. Please don't expect any to be anybody to be like, hold up, Nicole. What? <laughs> you just did what? Oh my well, stop for a second. Now girlfriends might do this. They know, they yes, know we know. That yes, you're yes, yes. For sure. Right? But often often, I mean, I have five males in my house and not to be <laughs> sexist about anything, but by and large, they, you know, they will reflect the amount of energy that for I bring sure. to it. That's such a good way of, of positioning so, it, but it's so true. Yes. And, and, you know, and I'll say this with male-female relationships a lot. And of course, please apply this how it works for your life. So it might be the opposite in yours. Um, but a lot of women will be more auditory-based, more word-based, right? So we'll say the words. Mm-hmm. So like if I called you and said, uh, I'm not okay. I'm not okay today. You will say, okay, what's what do yeah. you need? Like what's going on? What's help? What, you know, how can I support you? I almost cried, like <laughs> yes. but it's true because there's a lot of women yes. that don't say that. Um, whereas if you say to a, you know, a male counterpart often, you know, I'm not okay. I'm really stressed. I'm really overwhelmed. Like I am losing my mind here. They often won't hear you because they're more attuned to your actions. They saw you get up early, make all the kids food, do a podcast, go to yeah. the gym, eat healthy, talk to friends. They're like, okay, well, you seem fine. You're doing all the yeah. things. So if your words aren't matching your actions, then it's confusing to them and they will tend to believe your actions. So imagine this. Imagine you're in bed crying. You missed your podcast. You didn't even mm-hmm. show up. You know, you did things totally unlike you. And uh, you're in bed, you're all puffy because you couldn't sleep and you've been crying. And your partner says, what's going on? Are you okay? And you say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm totally fine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm totally yes. fine. They no. will say, uh, no, mm-hmm. you're not. This is not you. What's yes. happening to you? You're not okay. So sometimes we forget that. So I often will say as if you're having this, like, you don't feel heard, you don't feel respected, you're not feeling appreciated or acknowledged, just check in and say, are, are my words matching my mm. actions? And if not, if like, ask yourself this, if everybody in my house were deaf, <laughs> could not literally hear me, what would they think? Do, would they think I'm doing fine? Or would they think I need some help? Yeah. 
or I'm unhappy. hundred percent. I love that. And thank you for clarifying. Now I want to get back because I don't want to lose it. The dynamo. Yes, sorry. No, no, I love it. Thank you. Because I think, <laughs> I think for the moms listening, particularly because there are, I mean, I know there's some men who listen as well, but either way. And I, I like how you said how you apply it in your yeah, life because it's, it's so true. Um, and I think at times women, uh, speaking for myself, we just think everyone just knows, like, how do you not know? And it's like, to your point, like, well, is it matching? Because you're still doing all the things like, you know, like find a way to really show and say that this is what I need from you or this is what I'm missing. But you, you've you mentioned the dynamo, that you're a dynamo. Can you speak on that? Yes. And then also on the fighter anxiety aspect of it. What is, does that yeah. mean? Okay. So dynamos tend to be driven most by their need to accomplish, okay. right? Um, it's very achievement-oriented accomplishment. They are driven by um, – they, well, I would say what's really important to them is feeling respected, feeling acknowledged, and feeling like they're accomplishing mm-hmm. things that are important to them, okay? So that's beautiful. You can already see some of the amazing benefits that come from that, right? In our society, that's very well, sure. res- you know, like getting a lot of stuff done is, you know, is really mm-hmm. good in our society, yeah. right? Uh, so... um And on the flip side, where is it maybe not serving you, right? Where is it not serving your relationships or your health or your sleep? And so for instance, I'll just give a couple little examples for me as a dynamo. And everybody has kind of one predominant. You might feel like you you might be like executive and dynamo or you might kind of be lover. And so, you know, listen to all of these because also you might hear – a friend or a family member in these descriptions as well. So one of the strategies I'll share for dynamos is one I do myself. And this is slowing down to celebrate the accomplishments before just immediately going on to the next goal, right? So as a podcaster or maybe in your groups, you might have three groups running right now with whatever, however many people in them each. And you might say, okay, well, that's awesome and everything, but that was kind of easy and whatever, you know, it just happened. Um, but, you know, what if I had like, you know, five <laughs> groups of like 40 yes. each, like what would that look like? And you like immediately, instead of giving yourself like, oh my gosh, I'm helping this many people every week, like really take that in, yes. really take yes. that in yes. and yes. celebrate it. So what that looks like to make it more specific is I have a dynamo friend who's not a mom. She's in a completely different arena for work. And she and I, every night on WhatsApp, send each other messages with three wins or things Mm -hmm. I'm proud of. And often I will say like, oh my, I don't even have anything today. I can't even think of anything. And then I'll go to record and I'll think, oh, well, this happened. That was pretty amazing. I got this finished. I'm Mm -hmm. proud of that. And I'll share three things. And getting into the practice of that acknowledging it helps me, you know, it's an accountability partner essentially to help me acknowledge and celebrate my wins and really be in gratitude. Now I'm always going to be ready to do the next thing because that's what fills me up and that's what I get excited about. And I know for me, I can really benefit from slowing down, getting into gratitude, acknowledging my whatever Mm -hmm. just happened before, because I almost felt like it's disrespectful then to all the people I'm trying yes. to help. If I'm not even, I'm not even happy about the six people that were in, you know, my last workshop because I'm thinking about I the know. 10 people in my next workshop. Yes. Right? Yes. What? Yes. No, it's so <laughs> true. And I think a lot of it is societal 
driven and it goes back to so many things. Now, how has that helped in your parenting journey to understand that? And do you, and how, number one, did you even determine that you're a dynamo? Is that something that you have done? Like, yeah, I was going to say, okay, let's talk about that. And then two, is it something that you've helped understand about your children so then can help you? Because I would imagine that would be phenomenal if that, because I I know all four of your children are probably very, very different. Um, And how you have to, you know, acknowledge each one and work and parent them um, in their own way. So talk about that. Talk about the quiz and then talk about maybe how it can help for moms listening for their own parenting style and helping in their parenting, entrepreneur journey, all the relationships that they have. Right. Perfect. Okay. So... The quiz is at flourishquiz.com and you can take it. It takes, you know, three to five minutes because it really is, it's not one of these like, what celebrity cat <laughs> ice cream do you look like? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like a legit quiz that, so I had to compare each one of the five against each of the other ones the same amount mm. of time so that, you know, cause one time you might like err a little bit towards the, you know, visionary. And then the next question you might err a little bit more toward the lover. So I wanted it to be as robust uh, of a quiz as possible, um, while not like taking sure. Minutes. So, <laughs> so, um, so if you go to flourishquiz.com, you'll find that. And then I have also a bunch of bonuses set up. So if you go to my website, and you put in your anxiety style, then I'll email you like a guided meditation specific to your, wow. your anxiety style, a guided mantra, and then a bunch of other cool stuff. So let me, maybe I should give a Brief description of the yes. other four before we go yeah, into yeah, the yeah. kids. No, go Do you ahead. mind? Okay. So you mentioned fighter. So fighters are fascinating because fighters identify themselves as survivors, mm. right? These are very resilient people who tend to move toward conflict, move toward injustice. They are people who are compelled to fight for the under- underdog. If they see an unfairness, if they oh see God, bullying, they will go toward it to make it right. Like they, it will make them very uncomfortable to not yes. say anything like that it wouldn't even occur to them. So I would say like, you might know you're a fighter. If people in your life have said to you, Nicole, like, why are you even getting involved in that? It has nothing to do with you. <laughs> and so, you know, that's a common thread. So the question with fighters is how do we, A, really um, acknowledge and celebrate that those awesome qualities. And we can't save everybody. (laughs) Protective qualities. And then ask yourself, where are you maybe exhausted from fighting on 12 different fronts? And where can you say, is this a fight I can skip? So what I mean is that, you know, my, a lot of the strategies that I recommend for fighter moms um, are twofold. One is really asking yourself in the moment, like having that compulsion to get involved become more of a, of a conscious Mm. choice. So ask yourself beforehand, do I have the space and energy? Do I have the bandwidth to get involved in this right now? What if I say no to this one? What if I step, sit this one out because I have a lot going on right now. And so really making it more of a conscious choice, um, I think is key. The other thing is a lot of fighters have developed this anxiety style because when they were young, the people that were meant to take care of them did not step in and protect mm-hmm. them when they should have, could have. And so they became their own protectors, 
right? Because nobody else could do it. Um, and that's the perceived, right? It could have been a super traumatic situation. It could have not been, but just on some level, the people that were there to protect you maybe yeah. were not in the way that you needed it. And because of that, you developed this amazing survivor mechanism, right? This, this fighter, this tough mm -hmm. person. Um, and you tend to be more comfortable in the chaos, more comfortable in conflict than other people around you. And because of that, sometimes when kind of your like extreme fighter mode is when things are good and calm and I easy, have to disrupt it. <laughs> it can become mm. uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It can be uncomfortable. So noticing that and teaching your your physiology to become more and more comfortable with it. And what I'll say is then it can become, it doesn't, life doesn't have to be boring, but you, cause you can choose, oh, I want to get involved in this political fight, or I want to sign up for a ultra marathon, or I want to plan a vacation to a place and just show up with like no plans and not even sure. know what's going to happen. Like, so you can still create that kind of visceral sense of challenge, but in a, in a safer, healthier way than maybe, you know, getting involved in you know, challenging relationships over can and I, over again. Can I ask though, are, can you be yeah. multiple? Because even the way you were describing the, um, yes. the dynamo one, I was like, oh gosh, that's me. Yeah. The, the injustice, that's actually, are you into human design? Do you know about human design? Yeah. So my, yeah. I, I, so yeah, no, go ahead. I don't yeah. Know yeah and I don't know this. I, I don't, I, I couldn't, I know I'm a generator and the, but, um, when he did it and has no idea of who I am, when he just read it, he was like, Oh, you lead by your gut, your intuition. If it doesn't feel right, if there's injustice, you leave. And I was like, yeah, like I've left jobs because yes, I saw yeah. people were mistreated. I've fought for the underdog at work. Like that's very much at the core of who I am. But on the flip side, I'm also type A and I, and, and yeah. I, I, I revel in the accomplishment and all the things and thinking about what's next. So yeah. So can you be multiple aspects yeah. of it? Okay. You can be multiple and you might have like a, a percentage where it's like, you know, you have a close second, you know, and, and when you're speaking about like gut versus head and, you know, that's also another delineation between mm. all of these. So like dynamos tend to make decisions more from their, their head and their logical mind um, than their heart or their gut, whereas visionaries and lovers are more gut oriented and um, and heart oriented. You know, dynamos are more future focused, um, and uh, fighters are more present in the present moment focused um, as our lovers. So each of these kind of, if you imagine five overlapping yes. circles like a Venn diagram, each of these has similarities and kind of sister styles. So I have a whole chapter in the book where I go over like. If, if you and your partner or you and your mom or you and your, you know, uh, best friend are, you know, sister styles, if you're the same style, that's not always great in a relationship either because, you know, too much of one thing, you might be missing out like on something sure. else. And so I have, you know, a whole section on relationships in there where it's, it compares each style with each other and notes like, here's where you can kind of find the common ground and here's where a little bit more explanation and support and communication is going to really serve you. Love it. So let's talk briefly about the children aspect of it before yeah. we kind of bring it all together. I'm so fascinated by it all. Um, and I cannot wait to check out the book, but yes. Why yeah. don't we do you want me to do lover visionary and yes, executive? Before, yes. Yes. Really go ahead. quick. Okay. Okay. So executives are very, you know, they're looking for emotional safety and they do this through 
organizing, planning, being very dependable, looking ahead, mm-hmm. you know. And so um, these are people that now a lot of moms are like this anyway, you know, but they kind of take yeah. it to the next level. So, um, and all of these are like that. So for instance, lovers are very, you know, their core driver is their relationships with the people that they love in their lives and spending time with them, feeling wanted, feeling liked, feeling appreciated. Everybody likes that to a degree. Where lovers take it one more step is, you know, say you you look online or whatever, you're on Facebook or something, and you see that a bunch of your girlfriends or coworkers got together last week and they posted all these super fun photos or it went away for the weekend. And instead of feeling that very natural, any human would feel like Mm -hmm. confused, sad, bummed, you know, disappointed. Lovers will tend to take it to the next level. And I always know that I'm, when I'm doing a podcast with a lover mom, because this just happened yesterday, she'll jump in and say, oh yeah, I start thinking, do they not Mm. like me? Did, are they mad at me? Is she mad at me? Did I say something wrong? They don't like yeah. me. They don't want I know me a few there. Friends like that. And you just start yes. spiraling. You start spiraling because it's your deepest fear is that. And so for lovers, their life lesson, each one of these has kind of an overarching life lesson is how do I feel enough, loved, wanted on my own intrinsically instead of wanting it to come from outside, right? It's just same thing with the dynamo moms. How do I feel enough regardless of what I accomplish, regardless of how many podcast episodes and downloads and how many books mm-hmm. I sell and how many bestsellers? <laughs> that's all frosting on the cake. I'm already yeah. enough. I'm already good enough. But that's a life, like that's that's like a whole <laughs> lifetime lesson. <laughs> that's not yes. an easy one. Okay, so we did executive um, visionary. So visionaries are like, like you can imagine with the word, very focused on making a big impact Mm -hmm. on the future. So what can cause a lot of anxiety and frustration for visionaries is feeling like you're really meant for something Mm -hmm. more, but you don't know what it is yet. You can't put your finger on it or you know what it is, but you just, you have no bandwidth. You have no space or time to even think about it or play in that arena. And that's hugely frustrating. Or you just saw somebody do exactly what you want to be doing, and that's so frustrating mm-hmm. to you. So there's a lot of different ways that can show up, and then there's strategies that can you know, help where this anxiety style is maybe not serving you. What can you, what can you kind of do to help balance that? So interesting. I love the way you just broke it down. And then, yeah, so then like I'm thinking of like my son, because all of these same things would apply to children, right? No matter the age. Yeah. So the thing is too, and, and this is where I get a little bit like not wanting to label ah, the kids because they're, they're so, still evolving, yes, right? Yes. So they go through and, and we can be like, oh, that's my messy kid. That's my <laughs> this kid. And then puberty hits and then your messy kid becomes super yes. responsible and your responsible kid like starts flaking. So, you know, give them a little bit of time and space to ebb and flow. What I like to do with kids is watch, like for instance, we got a we got a cat over quarantine and watching how differently each of them shows their affection for the cat Mm. has been super interesting to me. So like one of them is very verbal, like, oh my gosh, I love you so much. You're the best, Andy. Like just talking (laughs) to the cat all the time, telling the cat how much he loves her. And I thought, oh my goodness, like he, I want to be really conscious of Am I saying the words to him? Am I showing my love to him with words a lot, you know? 
Um, others are more, you know, physical. One of my kids took over all of the like duties, like he wash and like, and we didn't tell him to, like he washes the, you know, the water bowl oh. every day. He, he makes sure she's fed. He makes sure, you know, where is she? Is she safe? Does she have fleas? So let me pick out this flea, like very, very caretaker in that way. So, um, so while this I think is helpful and some of your kids, you might know right away, like, oh, this kid is a lover kid, or this kid is definitely a dynamo. Great. These strategies can totally help. Um, and they can help too when it's when it's one that you're like, why is this kid triggered mm. by, um, you know, by sudden changes in like we just had to change sure. plans. You know, how can I help and understand? Like, even though it's a good change, they're going to feel off kiltered for a minute. They might need a little bit of time to get used to the new plan. And I and I'm going to respect that and give them that time. Love it, and that's such a good point too. Because I think to your point, to that, to what you were saying, it's true. Like we hear our children, we automatically want to say, "Well, they're going to be this," or put them into the box where it's like, "Listen, we they're still growing and kind of evolving." I think at the core, yes, there are some elements, but like you said, then they hit puberty and they can, you know, completely in this and that. Um, but I like that there are ways that we can look at different styles and say, "Okay, well, if we're seeing these." These kind of um, characteristics, yes. let's roll with it this way. Um, it may change, it may not, but at least you kind of get an idea of maybe what to do and how to do it. I think that comes up a lot, especially with moms with older children um, and like how to connect yes. and what to do and re- being like, look, don't do what you would want for yourself. Really look at your child and see what what makes them happy or what they need. Um, So I like that. Now, I want to ask you before we go here, how can people connect with you? I know your book is coming out. Um, Will it be on Amazon? Do they just get it directly from your website? How are ways that people can work with you other than just purchasing a book? Like talk about all of those things. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, they can get the book anywhere where books are sold. So anywhere online, it's even on like Target online, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, bookshop.org if you prefer to use an independent bookshop and um, Audible, like I said, so you can listen to the book. If you prefer, you can um, do both if you like that. Yeah. <laughs> you can. Um, uh, I do that with my most favorite books. And um, and then make sure to go to my website. So I'm at ambertrubla.com to get those extra um, meditations yes. and things. So even if you just take the quiz and order the book, um, you can you can go on and and start listening to the guided meditations and things like that. Um, I have a, a membership okay. group that I will be starting after the book launches. That'll be the Unflustered Mom group. Um, that we'll do a live Q and A once a month, and then we do uh, I do it in WhatsApp. And so every you know, so it's a community, and then I share. I love collecting like new strategies, <laughs> and so often. I will just go on, you know, sometimes once a day, sometimes, you know, two or three times a week and share, oh my gosh, I just learned this new tip. It's so cool. Like, here's what you do and here's why it works. And like, here's how I'm implementing it. So fun. And so it becomes kind of a casual discourse for sharing um, strategies that are helping and also kind of tuning in when, when you need support and having, you know, a bunch of people right there be you know, be supportive of you, which can feel really good. So, um, so yeah. And then I, you know, I have a, an online course called Outsmart Overwhelm. Uh, that's great if you need a morning practice and a 
they're they're quick, easy, and simple. But a morning practice, a nighttime practice, um, things like that. And do you do coaching? Those, do you do any coaching or anything like that, or no? I do. I do private coaching. I do private coaching, um, and I will have like twice a year. I do group coaching. So I just finished a group coaching. Um, that was that was really fun. That was called Mind Body Money oh. because it started with a money challenge. I do a lot of like money manifestation nice. stuff too in like January, the beginning of the year cool. that um, seems to be a big um, popular <laughs> popular. Yeah, one. I'm sure. Well, yeah. I mean, everyone look. We're all <laughs> trying to get to that next level and the manifestation. I truly believe in it with the work, but you have to kind of put it out there. Say what you want. Be be big with it. Right. Be bold. So. Um, yeah. I would imagine that come January, everyone's like, yeah, let's get into it. You know, let's set it up for the, let's yes. Let's do it. Um, it's so Okay, fun. awesome. So Amber, it's been a pleasure. I want you to share any final thoughts to the moms listening, anyone listening, dads out there, um, but particularly to the Motherhood Village community before we part ways here. Anything you'd like to share that's on your heart as we, as we end? Yeah, I would say this. I would say I really want for all of you to trust yourself because you're really your, your best, you know, source of information. And so as you hear advice from, you know, from friends, from podcasters, from anyone, check in. And if it's like a, oh yeah, I think this is going to be helpful, then implement that one thing, not 12 things, (laughs) like implement that one thing. And then once that's rolling, then, then go and implement the next thing. I think that that is, that's what's really helped me in my life. Um, and then also acknowledging like what you thought might work, but it's not really working because if you like, if you time and time again are not quote, finding the time for it, then maybe it's not the right thing, frankly. No, that's the hard truth, but it's so true. And I think, you know, we, I think sometimes as women, as moms, maybe it's just social media men as well. Like we think it, things have to be these grand gestures of things or because we see that Mel Robbins or Brene Brown is doing it, right? That we're thinking, oh my God, or Amber Trueblood put it in her book. It's like, we, this is, this is it. And it's like, well, it may, that's and this true. is what's worked for her, but it may not work for you. So to your point, like implement it, maybe not that right way. I think sometimes people, my husband's always reminding me this. He's like, be more open. Um, and I think over time I have been, he's like to the flow that may come from that, like implement that, but also be open to know it might not be exactly that be open to yeah. what may come from opening that. Right. Cause then that flows. So I yes, I, I thank you for, for ending with that. Um, Amber, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for sharing some very informative and amazing tips and strategies. So looking forward to your book um, and taking the quiz, just I even think for myself, like all the different things and how it kind of relates to me. Uh, so thank you so much for that. Yeah, you'll have to email me after. Let me know I what will. you are and you can put it in the, the comments. Oh, there are comments for the podcast, yes. right? So people can put in their yes, style. That would great. be awesome. Um, be thank you so much and uh, good luck with the book launch and continued blessings to you for love and light. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this impactful episode of the Motherhood Village podcast. Subscribe to my show so you'll never miss a future episode. You may also rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with someone that can use it as part of their motherhood village. Remember, your village can take up many forms and you do not have to do it alone. Connect with me at themotherhoodvillage.com. Blessings to you for love and light.